Hold on, I gotta get my. Welcome back to another episode of Besties in, in the, the Break Room. I'm one of your hosts, Christian. I'm your other host, Nikki. And um, guys, it is Midnight's. It is the Midnight's, midnight's podcast episode. Yep. Um, this is so exciting. If you don't know, Taylor Swift's 10th studio album, Midnight's, is out now and came out Friday. Stream it. Buy Stream it. it. October 21st, 2022. Wow. Yep. And today, this is what we're going to talk about. We're going to give our thoughts, opinions, how the night went, everything, start to finish. Shall we begin? Yeah. Okay. Okay. First of all, well, shout out to my mother for helping us put together such an amazing midnight's party. Yes. Big Um, shout out to Carrie. We had... We had cute little tents that had cute twinkly lights. Oh, yeah. It was a whole vibe. And also, shout out to Christian. He came up with some really fun games for the night. Thank and you. even the people that were there that weren't like huge Taylor Swift fans, but they like her and they just came because they're friends with us, they really enjoyed it. Yes. So. Yes. And I'm really glad they did. And I'm glad you two got to meet. Um, that. So, if you don't know, we did a pretty big party at Nikki's house. It was so fun. Um, your mom had these people come in and do like this custom like tent thing and it was super super cute it looked it was very midnight see it was think about the uh, the tents from the willow music video but times six um so that was it was so fun and um girl i can't even tell you what the tents look like in the willow music video Uh, it's fine everyone hates evermore it's fine i don't hate evermore i've seen that video it's a good video the will music video is good is that why you gave me your print your litho print for the music from the willow music video no i just wasn't obsessed with it up 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 there i was i love it like i need to i need to get something up there but i just don't I, i haven't found anything where i'm like I really want that. Yeah. Did you know that the clock that she sells from Midnight's actually works? Like the clock works? Yeah. Like you can put batteries in it and it works like an actual clock. Oh, that's kind of cool. I didn't know that. And then someone on TikTok got their clock and they were like, oh my God, like you put batteries in it. Like it's a real clock. That's cool. Like it flicks and like tells time. I might actually get it. I was like, what the heck? I did not know that. Mm, Maybe I might get it. Because like the... If I bought three more three more of the vinyls at Target, it's only like $80. $80. That's not bad. That isn't bad. I, um, out of everything, so basically if you don't know, Taylor Swift Midnight's, for the standard 13 songs, she released five vinyl variants, Moonstone Blue, Lavender Haze, La- Lavender, Lavender, uh, Jade Green, Blood Witch Orange, and then Mahogany. Mahogany. Um, and we both got all five. We did. And on the backs of them, they create a clock. If you put all four of them together. And then she sells a clock separately that you can purchase to put on your wall. And it actually tells time. And that's what we were just talking about. But um, she is so good at marketing. She is oh, so yeah. good at getting people to buy her albums. Oh, yeah. That's why she sells so good. That And she has a huge fan base. only artists in the streaming era to sell 1 million copies of their like literally 1 million even without streaming she sold 1 million copies which is crazy insane that's the music industry that is the music industry (laughs) okay so day of we had our party we waited um and then the album dropped do you want to start going through track by track and then at the end give all your stats and stuff yeah okay cool Let's do cool, it. cool so track one lavender haze what did you think upon first play this is the opening track uh taylor's openers are always pretty like solid pretty solid like except 90 for one. like 90 percent of the time um, um i don't know when i heard it i was immediately excited yeah when i heard the doom doom yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Like, okay she's coming to third <laughs> And and then like when she started singing, like her voice sounds so good on it. And then the chorus. Once you get to the chorus, that hook, it's so catchy. It's one of the best on Midnight's, in my opinion. I really like it. And I think it's really. It's really going to be a great tour opener too. I'm oh really, my god! I'm, yeah. so, I'm really excited about that. That's another thing too. Is conversation later, later in this podcast. Um, 
Lavender Haze, absolute bop. I was really excited. I think it was a great album opener, like I said. I d- obviously, like, it's not, like, her number one best album opener. Personally, to me, that's State of Grace. But, like, literally every Swifty, no matter who you talk to, they have a different favorite album opener. I think I need to let it sit for a while, but it might be my top, honestly. Really? Yeah. Like, very top one? Yes, it's so good. Like, literally so good. Really? Yeah. Like that bass just kicks in. That bass did. And she that actually she hit. actually used some producers on this song. Like no shade to Ready for it. Like Ready for it's a great song, but Jack produced that, and he's not exactly like, and he doesn't exactly work with like uh, R and B or like rap. Like That's true. Hip hop, and she actually had like hip hop and like R and B producers produce that song. So it actually like the bass it it really hits. That's true. So. Oh my god, do you think Jack will touch Rep TV? Ready for it. Oh, yeah. I think the bass will hit harder on TV, okay, though. Because okay. the drums hit harder on State of Grace. That's on true. Red. So I feel like that's not that's not the only thing. Like, live, like, the bass for Ready For It sounded great. Like, it sounds like it, if you turn it up loud in your car or, like, on a good speaker, it, it still sounds good. But, like, I feel like it, it could have hit a little harder. That is so true. And I think, I don't think I've ever realized that. But, I mean, it just kind of sounds like a bunch of noise jumbled together. Yeah. And not, like, an actual, like, tapped into, like, a real bass hitter but lavender haze perfects that bass hitterness and like hits that so good i think it has some of her best production too yeah this album or just lavender haze in general lavender haze in general but also the whole album like i think it's it's definitely very different from any of her other pop albums that she's put out absolutely isn't this what now we'll save that for later um lavender haze what do you give it out of five i give it like a 9.5 out of 10 out of five. Oh, oh i thought we were doing out of 10 <laughs> i give it i'll give it a four and a half out of five i give it a four out of five okay that's a work i really love it i think it's a great album opener i think it hits and i think as well the entire song like let's it sets the tone for the for the entire rest of the album i think it's great midnight I love that too. Yeah. When she's on tour and she goes, Meet me at midnight. And the whole stadium goes crazy. And then it builds for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Track two, Maroon. Great song. Great. I when she was announcing the track titles, I definitely um this was one where I was like, I'm really interested to hear what this says and wow hear what this sounds like and i was not disappointed i really like maroon i really love like all the different um i don't even know how to really word it but like the different like i guess vocal techniques that she uses in maroon because like she'll go from like this like talk singing to like actually like sing singing like literally out of nowhere like uh what's how does that part go you know what i'm talking about where she's like uh so scarlet it was that part but like the when she goes the burgundy on my t-shirt in these flesh she wanted to me and how the blood rushing your cheeks so scarlet it was maroon that's so good we ate that and also her <laughs> that deep her deep deep voice i know swifty's joke about it on the oh records, yeah but on maroon it's very like oh yeah her <laughs> voice has gotten a lot deeper like yeah. throughout the years yeah also, I think we butchered those lyrics, but it's not even been out we, for a week. We did. I, I honestly don't really know the <laughs> lyrics to most of the songs still. And I've literally, I've had this album on repeat since it came out. So. Uh, I love Maroon. I think it's a great track too. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Great. Um, I think it's a really. Wait. It, it, hmm. Out of five. Oh, out of five. Um, Definitely five out of five for me. Definitely. I love it. You know, my mom told me that's her favorite song now. Really? Because that Maroon is so good. So good. It also sounds really good, like, in the car. It is good. I give it a five out of five. You give it a five out? Good. Yeah, Maroon's great. Love Maroon. Antihero, track three. That's a serve. That is a serve. It's a good single. It is a really good single. It's going viral on TikTok and... As it should. Insta. I love the video i do too i Go, we got to talk about the video though because of, con- of the controversy like not it's not even really a controversy because people actually most people actually ended up sticking up for her but there were some people that felt like she was being fat phobic yeah so if you don't know if you ever heard of the controversy basically 
The whole preface of the entire song is that Taylor is taking shots at herself throughout the whole song and just kind of like, um, especially in the music video, just kind of like pointing things out in her life that she like finds insecurity in and just and that kind she of struggled like, with. yes. And like that she struggles with on a day to day basis and just like really kind of delves into her insecurities uh, on this entire track and on this whole record. But specifically, this track is like probably the biggest one um and track five but we'll get there but in the music video she's just kind of like going about like her everyday life i guess and there's one part where um she steps on a scale and there's like another one of her that's sort of like the i guess her like inner voice that comes up and looks at her but on the scale when she steps on it it says fat and a lot of people were upset by that yeah and as someone who is, I've never been a skinny, thin pencil like my bestie over here. Um, as someone, I've always just can. I've always been more chunkier and like larger, yeah. especially like like two years ago. I was probably like really, really big. I was at my biggest. But as somebody who is larger, I definitely um, didn't find anything wrong with it. I think a lot of people were upset by it because like I can see why people are upset by it because I think they didn't understand the context and as well as a lot of people were just a lot of people on Twitter as well just thought that like they saw that clip of the music video and they didn't see the rest so it was taken out of context and as well as like people were just trying to say that she's being fat phobic by using the word fat and like you're villainizing the word fat da 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 and a lot of people as well were like you're a skinny white woman who's like just like running around and being like oh i'm so skinny whatever and your biggest fear is looking like big your biggest fear is having meat on your bones ha 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 yada yada people just being like really vicious and stuff on twitter and on tiktok for sure but not to be a swifty and be like oh my god in her defense people always forget she had a whole eating disorder first off if you watched the miss americana documentary you know that as well as, I think people need to realize that when you're in the public eye, everything you do is under scrutiny, no matter who you are, and especially when you're the biggest star in the entire world, Taylor Swift, anything you do, yeah. whether it's date men, which she's been constantly criticized and ridiculed and for her entire career, or even just like gaining weight, a little bit of weight, even when she started to gain healthy weight, and people, people were, were talking like, about it. Yes, she's fat, or she's pregnant. Or she's too big. Or she can't fit into this. Or she needs to eat less. She needs to go on a diet. Yeah. And it's like, it's so crazy. And to be one person having the entire world talk about you every time you make a move, people need to realize that like being fat is not bad, but being, but to society's standards, especially and to society's Hollywood. reasoning, and especially in Hollywood, being fat is wrong. Being yeah. fat is not good. I mean, just look at how how much lizzo gets criticized for breathing oh literally yeah not even like not even when she like shows her butt on instagram or something like okay who cares like, don't go to her instagram but people will randomly bring her up and just like drag her cut just because she's a bigger woman mm -hmm. um well like my whole perspective on it i feel like people obviously took it way too far especially it's just like if you're like a genuine fan of taylor swift after seeing her documentary and her talking about her eating disorder like y'all definitely took that like way 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 out of context and i think it's kind of sad like i know taylor doesn't want to like hurt anyone's feelings which is why she actually edited out that part of the music video on apple music yes and, and i think she's gonna make the steps to do it on youtube too i don't think she'll remove the video off youtube no like edit it i don't can they do that mm-hmm because I do it for our podcast. Oh, they you can, can edit, edit it. it after you post it? Mm-hmm. I hope she doesn't. I hope she doesn't either. Because as someone who has struggled with an eating disorder as well, like, anyone who knew me, like, in high school, like, especially, like, my freshman, sophomore, and, like, well, honestly, all throughout high school, I did have an eating disorder, but freshman and sophomore year was more, like, just anorexia. Like, I was, like, super, super pencil thin and then it turned into like a binge eating disorder so i mean i did gain some weight but like it wasn't it wasn't healthy and as someone who has struggled with an eating disorder like yeah i've never been i've never been well i've never been bigger a bigger like a, a bigger person but i like even today like today i don't have an eating disorder and i go to the gym and I try to eat like as regularly as I can, like, but even till this day, like it's still like a daily struggle for me to 
eat when I'm supposed to eat because some days I feel I just feel fat. Yeah. And that's not anyone else's fault but mine but it's also just the reason why i feel this way is because of society because not only because of like gen and society in general but like as a gay person too like oh my god i constantly compare myself to like other gay men especially like other gay like skinny skinny twinks who are like even skinnier than i am and i'm just like that's what that's just what like most not i don't want to say all gay men but that's what like most gay men especially like most gay men that i'm attracted to that's the kind of guys that they go for are like the really like skinny tiny guys like if you have any type of meat on your body like even for guys who aren't like gay men who aren't even big but just have meat on their bones they're they're considered fat yeah they're they're like yeah and like um but it's just like you're considered this like horribly huge person and it's like how did we get here like what it's just it's crazy and i can't even imagine not only like us as gay men but for taylor as a woman and being compared to other women and like having to see other like really skinny like models and like other things and like i know it's always a joke about like the the squad but like she was friends with a lot of models and it's like having to see their bodies and then looking at hers it's like and literally, I bet you a lot of her model friends at the time also had eating disorders. Too. Absolutely. So that was all she was surrounded by. And I, I think it's really, it's really hurtful to just kind of discredit her eating disorder for her mind thinking that skinny is pretty and just kind of like writing that off and being like, oh, like you're just kind of like. Like, and I don't think, I, I don't think Taylor is actually fat phobic in any kind of way. No. And like it not to be that i mean but she is surrounded by people who are not her size that are bigger people too like that's uh, true she doesn't i don't think she thinks any less of people that are of people that are bigger and even her parents like they're not fat they have they're just like they're but they're not like pencil thin and it's like in society if you have meat on your bones you're huge you're obese you're promoting an unhealthy lifestyle you're disgusting and it doesn't matter what size you are i mean look remember adele when people ridiculed and criticized her for her weight. And then when she came back, people were like, she's too skinny. Yes. Or when she came back from losing all that weight, and I feel like she felt so good about herself. People were like, well, you look old now. Even now with more meat on her bones, people still ta- still say Taylor's too skinny. But if she gained any more weight than that, and she had like a little bit of pudge. Like back uh, when Reputation first came out, like when she was doing those Jingle Ball performances a couple months before she went on tour, she was probably at like her her like uh her biggest that she's ever been which even then it wasn't big at all but to society standards and hollywood standards she was a little bit bigger so she would wear like really big baggy clothes like she wore at all of her performances she wore like really big baggy hoodies because she didn't want to like show off her body because yeah because she felt like she was too big and that's like it's like ugh, it's just disgusting that people get offended and like i understand that again without context it looks like fat phobia it looks like fat phobia and it really does out of context but if you're a taylor fan then you should know you should know especially like if you're like a diehard fan and you've seen your documentary and everything like that then you have no reason to be like upset at all and i think no matter what was set on that scale i feel like people would have tried to find something to tear her down oh yeah even if it was like eat less it's kind of giving me like flashbacks to like the 1989 era when she was literally everywhere and anything that she did was ridiculed and criticized. I kind of feel like right now she's kind of reaching another peak Mm -hmm. in her career. So I feel like people are just coming out of the woodworks and criticizing her like they did back then. Yeah. But I feel like things are a little bit different now and she definitely has more of a voice. So I don't think it'll get out of hand like it did during the 1989 era. Yeah. But... It is a little worrying. I'm not going to lie. It is just a little bit. And I understand. <laughs> the other controversy, I know we're still on Antihero, but the other controversy that comes with Antihero that two celebrities have shared that I've seen, one being Kehlani and the other one being Kiana Kloss. Oh my God. How they said they stole the concept. Girl, you're not the first person to come up with the concept of like two different people. You know how many times that has been done? Yeah. That's been done by many, many people. Like in the video the that the girl was referencing and that Kehlani posted 
has like 971 views on YouTube. Like, I'm sure Taylor looked it up on YouTube. And even when you search the name of the song, like you still have to scroll to find it. Yeah. And even, I mean, I'm sure now by the time this podcast has come out and it's being shared more and more, of course, the views are going to go up. But when the initial claim of she stole this concept video from me from that girl when it went live and like she posted about it and tried to come out and say Taylor did this yada yada um it was still at under a thousand views oh yeah and Kaylani reposting that for no she's always like like randomly has like shaded Taylor throughout the years which I've never understood because Taylor has always showed Kaylani nothing but love yes so it, it doesn't really make sense to me I mean her career is on Flopiana and Taylor oh yeah the music industry so, Kalani, all your music sounds the same and you've never had a hit next no Kalani has some good music <laughs> some a lot no, of it she doesn't <laughs> <laughs> a lot just, of, that's just the swift you've been talking yeah Kalani i does mean, have good music a lot of it has aged but you know <laughs> And that's just the truth. Um, not oh, being yeah. a Swifty, that's the truth. That is the truth. But yeah. she has hits. Like, even people, like, who who aren't, like, uh, who Taylor has had, like, beef with or, like, has had one-sided beef. Because there's a lot of celebrities like Kaylani that I feel like just have a one-sided beef with Taylor. Which is so weird. Girl, calm down. It's it's the jealousy for me. I feel like a lot of people are just really jealous of her. And yes. how she's been able to, like, stay successful and like consistently like put out music that is successful like literally no matter what it is like whatever she puts out is a success like what female artist that you can think of has been on their 10th album to their 12th if you include two re-recorded albums and sell over and a million still, copies and sell over a million copies in the first week she and 800,000 of that being in the first oh, day yeah she sold 1.2 million copies in 3 days what other artists have <laughs> Like she's just she's big and she just keeps getting bigger. Okay, but let's let's move on from antihero. Let's do our our rating. Okay, okay. Uh, antihero to me five out of five. Oh yeah, perfect single five out of five. I think it's amazing. I love the song. I love when she dives into everything from the lyricism. I love the, my favorite part is when she goes. Um, I gotta make a TikTok to it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> my favorite. My favorite part is when she goes. I didn't think that I would like the. It's me hi i thought i was like that's gonna be corny uh when i, I heard like it. the snippet but i literally love it the second i heard the full song and i was like okay it's work me. hi i'm the problem it's me. everybody agrees everybody, everybody agrees. agrees oh wait we haven't talked about that in the lyric video a little easter egg she dropped was she kind of has a little bit of a callback to the reputation era like right before the reputation era why everyone called her a snake and right yeah. before that final course she says everybody agrees and she like drags it out and then she goes and then in the in the lyric video on that last s there's that glitchy effect like she had on the yeah. snake video from her instagram i loved that that was so cool um but yeah into here five out of five great single amazing uh track four snow snow on the beach featuring lana, lana del rey, rey. Lana del so rey. another controversy <laughs> for this album um mainly among stands not gp but mainly among stands yeah so I'm, let's talk about it we got a new lana and taylor photo though we got a couple and lana showed her love too lana did and taylor showed her love right back as she always does but. yeah so it has kind of always been a dream from the two fandoms of like the Lana stands and Swifties to have a Tay Lana collab. And um, we were fed. The Tay Lana stands were fed. And as a Tay Lana stand myself, because um, Lana is my number one favorite of all time, not saying she's better than Taylor, yada, yada. No, we're not doing that. I just have always loved Lana. I've loved Lana longer. I've had more connections, ser everything. You know yeah. what I mean? You weren't even a Swifty when I met you. Like, you were a fan, but you weren't, like, a Swifty. I wasn't a Swifty, but I loved... I was like, yeah. I loved Taylor, and let's not act like 1989 was... everyone. That was in everyone's playlist. Yeah. I mean, you had liked all of her pop albums. It's one of the best pop albums released in the last two decades. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Has super um, iconic hits. Absolutely. But... And so, I... um, So, the song... <sighs> Upon first listen, I was disappointed that Lana didn't have a full verse on the song. And 
she does have writing credits and i definitely i would love to hear whenever she explains the song if she ever does maybe they'll have behind the scenes like whenever she comes out because i think she's she has a new documentary that's gonna come out like i don't know if it's gonna come out like next year i feel like it'll come out after she's done with the re-recording process but she did have cameras like a lot of people noticed uh when she did that uh event for all too well when it came out last year she had cameras following her so i think she is working on a new uh documentary and i think maybe she'll release it when she releases the last re-record which will be debut yep i think she'll release it and then like a month later she'll be like as well as with my re-record here's a documentary exclusively through apple tv i don't know whoever (laughs) something but um I definitely think that upon first listen, yes, I was disappointed because Lana was, if you don't pay attention, Lana's kind of not in the song. But then again, she right before that last um, chorus hits after the bridge. Oh, we fall in like snow. And that eats. I think as well, Lana. They sing together. They sing. They sing a lot of the verses and um, choruses together. I think as well, like Lana added a lot to that song. A lot to that song she made it sound dreamier way dreamier and with lana's voice that's like really i mean that's her bag oh yeah if you've never heard get free by lana um i could kind of compare the two like that um just that sort of dreamy pop sound i really love that and i think lana that's like really if she if lana did a dreamy pop album please please but um i don't know and also snow on the beach also gave me mirrorball vibes Oh, yeah. For some reason. And I could so see Lana on Mirrorball. Anyways, but I like I said, upon first listen, I was, you know, just kind of like, ugh. I was annoyed because I was like, I thought we were out of the Taylor not giving female collab artist like verses. But I think as well, like Lana does have writing credits. And I definitely think she wrote that uh, that bridge. 100%. That's such a Lana bridge. Um and i don't know i loved it i think she added a lot to the song actually and i personally i give it a five out of five i love the song love it i love it too i think it's so cute i think it's so her and i think it's so taylor as well and i mean i think this is a great introduction if they do more songs together in the future this is a great introduction i think that would be pretty cool if uh if lana invited taylor to like be on her next album yes and i think taylor would do it introduce her to some new producers too yeah oh it, and it depends on who's lana's working with because that would serve that would serve because if we ever get an ultrons from taylor she's taking it oh yeah she's taking it she's taking she's taking it <laughs> <laughs> um but what do you, what's your rating on snow on the beach i give it a four and a half out of five really what's yeah. what's with the point five what's with it like i really like it i do i really like it um maybe i think i maybe overplayed it a little bit yeah yeah i mean i've played a lot of the other songs too though but i don't know like that one too it's just like a slower song too so like i have to like really get into it but like the other songs though that i have played a lot i'm just like well these are bops so you know that's true that is true all right all right track five you're on your own kid you always have been i love this I, I don't it think it's her best track five. I don't think it is either. I think we got really two good. of her best track fives from Folklore and Evermore. But, but yeah, you're on your own, kid. Um, love it. I, I love it. it. I, I hosted parties. And- um, I think it's great. Upon first listen, when we first listened to the album, I was like, I'm not really vibing with this. Wasn't really. I loved it. Um, just because I was like, ugh. But then again, like, after listening to it, I was like, the pro- oh. I think the production eats. Oh, yeah. Especially that part, like, right before the bridge, and it's just the production, then it goes, and then she starts singing. <laughs> yes. That's really good. That's really, really good. Um, I don't know. I, I, I really like this. It's not her strongest track five, but I think it's really good. Oh, yeah. I give it a four out of five. Same. Um, Midnight Rain. Hello. Oh, five out of five. Five out of five. This is a really, really good At pop first, song. At first, when it, like, when it when it when it first started to play i was like whoa jump scare yeah uh, like closure <laughs> yeah yes like that beginning we were uh, like what i was like low-key like jump scare i was like what is this yeah. i was like is the whole song gonna be singing like this and then obviously she started singing and then when it came back in because the she's it's kind of different because she sings the core the first she sings the cor- chorus like literally as soon as the song starts 
and then she starts the verse but it's such a good song i think it's so different it's like nothing she's ever done before yeah it's so good i love the vocal effect on it i do too a lot of people were joking about it making videos like with james charles <laughs> and then james charles actually did a video on he TikTok did that TikTok, about yeah it. she ain't acknowledging that though oh no um not that pedophile <laughs> no <laughs> allegedly <laughs> Okay, uh, track seven, question. I love this song. I really like it. No, I really like it. I, when it first played, I was like, okay, low-key skip. But now I really like it. I really like it, too. I give it a four out of five, though. I love when it builds up. I love how, like, it, like... That's a great bridge. Great bridge. I also love how it builds up when you're first, like, can I ask you a question? And it's just kind of like, okay, like, where's the song going? Have you ever met someone in a crowded room? Oh, kiss someone in a crowded room. Don't know the lyrics yet. Not even a week. Um, get Let us have time. And then after that, um, then it just kind of builds up, builds up. And then that final chorus where it just, like, everything comes in. And it's like this full pot banger. I love it. Great song. Uh, I'll, I give it a four out of five. Yeah. Four out of five. Uh, track eight vigilante shit um two out of five yeah i just have to i think if the production was a little bit different like obvious like that song for me in the first place isn't wouldn't normally be well i not gonna lie i do like some of taylor's like vengeful songs because i really love look what she made me do oh yeah i really love that song but like it's just not giving like vigilante shit is not giving what look what she made me do gave and I just feel like the production on it is like very lackluster. And I'm not like a, I don't know. I I just think the song could have been a lot better than it was. I think it's the worst song on Midnight. It is. I think it's really corny too. I think it's it's big old cornball. Yeah. I don't like it. Um, even from the first lyric, I'm like, this is not cute. I loved, well, when it first started and that bass kicked in, I thought the song was going to build. But even with the corny lyrics, like, I don't know, it could have been better. Could have been way better. And I love the, like, what she reveals. Because obviously, like, there's lots of theories that it's about oh, Scott Borchetta. I think, you Scooter Braun, you Scooter mean? Braun. Woo! I think it's about, I think, I definitely think it's about Scooter, Scooter Braun and his, wife. and his wife getting divorced. Yeah. But I mean, that's that take karma. Oh, yeah. But I, even from, like, the first track reveal on TikTok that she did when she said vigilante shit, you were like, this is not going to be a good song. I know. It was giving, like... This is why we can't have nice things. Or, like, No Body, No Crime. Just not my favorite Taylor songs. Okay. Let's not slander No Body, No Crime like that. Let's not do that. You, I know you did not just compare vigilante shit to No Body, No Crime. I mean, that's a skip for me, too, though. Literally, anyways. Um, But, okay, so when, when we're in Nashville and she brings out the time sisters to sing that song oh i'll be singing it (laughs) um and then but yeah i mean literally i give it a two and a half out of five and where that half comes from is that extra production towards the end that Uh, kind of picks up i'm like that's so cute but that's about it yeah literally when i think it's gonna be good live but if she even decides to play it live maybe i don't know literally anyways um track nine bejeweled such a good song such a good song that music video is everything all the easter eggs let's talk about it we're getting speak now and uh december, we are getting, december I, 2nd that's our guest because she had the the clock the clock thing and it was open and then it had the the clock finger was pointing to 12 and then it said uh the second or oh two at the bottom twelve oh two. that's december 2nd and that's a friday we're getting speak now and all TV. the Easter, literally like there were so like she made it so obvious like literally all of her easter eggs in that video were just like so like plain like in your face and they were all mainly just like there were a couple like hints that we're also going to get 1989 but i definitely think we're going to get speak now first oh yeah and i think we're going to get speak now in december i mean speak now in december makes sense the most sense speak now is a winter album first second back to december third it, and it'll be a good like birthday surprise it's right before her birthday it's also like and she's gonna be the same she if she wait because i don't think she'll wait till after her birthday this year because she's 32 right now and she's the same age right now that kanye was when he interrupted her and she's also the same age john mayer was when they dated 32 oh yeah we're, and if you don't know innocent is probably my favorite song off speak now and i know you're like how do you how it's do a you great song how do you do beat dear john and i know dear john back to december are better i just love innocence the most 
like it's a great song it's an amazing song that bridge is one of her best top 20 bridges i'm excited to see what the vault tracks on that album are like me too and if if olivia or lana i wonder if there's gonna be any features i hope there has to be there was on the fearless tv and red tv yeah maybe i just think the easter eggs i thought i think taylor is getting so sick of us of thinking every single thing that she touches is an easter egg i mean some swifties though like they really like whenever you send me like their like theories and stuff on tiktok most of the time i don't even like watch the videos because i'm just like like 99 percent of the time they're just like they're like really reaching because like 99 percent of taylor's easter eggs that she puts out are like blatantly obvious yeah so i'm just like y'all just y'all are definitely reaching with a lot of it yeah i mean some of them aren't aren't as obvious yeah like especially during rap era i feel like they were not as obvious and clear-cut as they were during lover and now midnights yeah but I mean, the amount of Easter eggs and Bejeweled music video are so obvious for Speak Now TV. It's like painfully obvious. So sorry about that. We actually just had um, technical difficulties with our uh, recording software, but we're back. We were talking about Bejeweled, um, which we were ranking at yada. So to wrap up, I don't really remember what we were saying. It, it cut off where we were talking about the music video and the Easter eggs. So, but I don't know what else we, I don't know what else cut out, but let's let's just do our our writing on the the song in general like i really love it it's not like in my top five on midnights but i really like it yeah give it a four out of five yeah i give it a four to five too best to leave them still bejeweled when i walk in the room and that video has some of her best looks oh yeah oh yeah so all right moving on to track isn't it labyrinth next yeah track 10 labyrinth amazing song love it i think it's really cute definitely melodrama vibes especially towards the end when that beat kicks in that's so melodrama um i think it's great it's definitely a grower on me because when we we first listened to the album i was just kind of like i love it now i was like okay you know cute but i think that's what happens with a lot of albums because i mean we've agreed and we've talked about it before even when you get fatigued especially with like lots of songs so we were definitely just kind of like okay you know yeah this is so cute you know and if it wasn't like a pop song to keep our attention it was just kind of like it just kind of got but i really like it now i think it's really cute and um it's a bop it is i don't think she'll perform it live though which is kind of disappointing i don't think she will either but it's really really cute and i love it is really good her vocals serve on this it's it's very like spacey and airy and very just like super cute oh yeah loves it love it uh i give it four to five four and a half out of five for me all right track 11 karma karma bop five out of five five out of five a great cute bop it's such a little pop hit it's so good amazing pop song i remember the the lyrics because the album leaked three days prior and the lyrics leaked to the course and people were trying to clown her it was it was clown town but little did they know you can have corny lyrics but still have an amazing pop song absolutely i mean and i think one thing with midnights too that's like different from a lot of t- i do think that that have some of her best lyrics on it i do think that when you compare it to folklore and evermore the lyrics on this album definitely took a back seat but like yes it's still the in thing, the car the thing that really <laughs> yeah it's still in the car <laughs> um but the thing that like really shines on this out al- this uh the elements that really shine on this album are the production and the melodies of the songs definitely definitely so i mean it's great i give karma's a five out of five for me the same i think it would have been the second single had she released singles for this album oh yeah i i wish she would have released a single i think now it's about to get now it's about to be really uh competitive next week yeah with drake and rihanna and sizza all dropping I mean, I'm sure she'll still, uh, the single will still be in like top three, top five, or it might even stay number one if it keeps going viral. But like, girl, like she, I, I feel like every time she releases, like everybody's coming out of the woodworks and everybody wants yes. to, but like, I feel like the fourth quarter of every year, like it's always a very like busy time for music. Like everyone releases around oh, yeah. this time. And I mean, I mean, Taylor really had big competition with Megan Trainor's album. Oh, and Carly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No shade, no shade, no to shade, no, no, no shade, no, no shade, shade to Carly. No shade, no shade to Carly. Only Carly. All right, so track twelve, sweet nothing. 
I think it's cute. It's a very cute song. It's not my favorite. It is great. Love that it's written with her and Joe. Yes, that's so adorable. And I love how they talk about how she talks about uh, him like coming like the melodies to songs because she was talking about uh, that's how she they wrote Exile and Evermore mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. I mean so cute it's a really cute little i think maybe if i have a boyfriend one day who's like who really really loves me then i might really like that song yeah i give it a three out of five three and a half out of five for me it definitely like it's probably one of my least played songs on this album though yeah yeah mastermind track 13 mastermind five out of five that's a five out of five for me four out of five for me it might grow really yeah it might grow it's gonna hit for you one day because it didn't it wasn't hit for me at first and i understand but the second it just keeps building up, I'm like, ooh. Like, I, I like the buildup. I think it's a cute song. I think I'll like it more eventually. Yeah. Um. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I really like it. It's it going to hit for song. you one day. 11 o'clock our time. The standard album of 13 tracks dropped. This is all we knew. Yeah. And then a couple days before, we knew that we were getting a bonus song and then two remixes on the Target exclusive uh cd is a song called hits different with yeah. which is produced by aaron desner um it's actually produced by jack but aaron desner wrote on it never mind it is produced by jack antonoff is it really yeah it's produced by jack but taylor and aaron co-wrote it they wrote huh. it together i thought he produced it never mind Mm-mm. um i thought he did too but aaron, jack actually has produced producer credits on it because it is not available on streaming i feel like we can't rank it that was all the songs that we had. That was all the songs was the 14 and then the two remixes. One is a strings remix of You're On Your Own Kid. And then there's a piano version of. No, it's opposite. Piano version of You're On Your Own Kid and strings remix of Sweet Nothing. Oh. Um, I can't rank those because, and I can't rank Hits Different because it's on the CD and like it's on streaming. So I don't listen to it as much. I've only heard it once. I've heard it like a couple times and I do really like it, but I'm not going to like it enough to not like it enough, but I'm not going to like solidify a ranking on it right now. Right. So then we were like, okay, so the album was out. We were like prepping to go get it from target um, and get the vinyl and everything and like really love and do it. And I think it was the day before or two days before uh, Taylor released a midnight's calendar and on the calendar well not calendar a planner of like the week um and she posted on her instagram which is still up you can go see it but on that sort of like planner for the week um taylor said that on 10 21 we were like okay on it it said like stream midnights yada yada albums out but on it it said 3 a.m special chaotic surprise and there was lots of theories of what that was some people thought it was a double album some people thought it was a double album some people thought that it was a tour announcement and that she was going to drop like tour dates and everything. And then some people as well thought that, oh my God, we're getting like, um, like another re-record and stuff. And those theories, all the most plausible one that I was kind of not entertaining, but I was just kind of like, I can see this being something would be the tour announcements. But at the same time, I was like, okay, so 3am for taylor and in la is 2am our time here in tennessee so after that we listened to the album was about like 12 3am on the east coast is 2am here yeah you said 3am in la 3am in la is 2am here right no 3am in on the east coast is 2am here 2am here is midnight in la Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah. And so a lot of people thought it was a double album. And then she dropped on us seven more songs. Seven more songs. And it was called Midnight's the 3 a.m. edition. And we listened to it, but we were half, we were dead. Girl, we were. I had tears <laughs> in, I had tears in my, well, uh, wellowing in my eyes. Because of how tired we were. Yeah. Literally, like, I came into your room and I was like, oh my God, okay, let's listen to it. We played it on the lowest volume and we were like, it's so good. But like. But we were we so were, tired. We were so tired. So then, um, we like woke up the next morning and we went to Target to get the vinyl and the CD and stuff. And it was great. Uh, but we started listening to the 
3 a.m. tracks like on our way uh, to and from Target. Mm-hmm. And let's go through there. Let's go through those songs. I know a lot of people who weren't initially feeling like the standard 13 tracks, like they kind of like the bonus tracks because there is a little bit more depth to some of the bonus tracks. And like lyrically, the bonus tracks are some of the best lyrics on the album. Oh, yeah. Would have, could have, should. Hold on. We're getting there. That's. Hold on. We're getting there. Such a good song. So it starts out with The Great War. Um, I could not tell you right now in this day and age what it sounds like, how it goes. Don't know. Um, Apparently it's a fight that uh, it's about like her fighting with Joe and she almost lost him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then the next track after that is bigger than the whole sky. So that song is so good. That is a really good song. However, lots of Swifties believe that it is about Taylor having a miscarriage. Because she did say that this album is autobiographical. And if you listen to the lyrics, it definitely it definitely hints at like someone or something like passing away or dying. Yeah. And for her to make a song like that, that would make a lot of sense. I don't know if she's ever like actually tried for a baby. Maybe, maybe she got pregnant and she was going to keep it. And then she had a miscarriage. Which obviously is really, really sad. But we yeah. don't, that's just, right now, that's just speculation. Like, no one knows for sure. Maybe when she does, like, an interview about the album, someone will ask her about that. What if, I wonder at what timeline this is taking place on. Do you think it was around Fearless TV time and that's why she didn't do a lot of promotion? Maybe. Maybe if it, maybe it was Ooh, when I just after, got chills. Yeah, I know. What if, it, <laughs> what if it was after Evermore and that's why she didn't do a lot of stuff for it? Mm, I don't know. No, she just hates Evermore. Anyways, she was kind of just like radio silent, though, for a while after she dropped Fearless. So maybe. Maybe. That would make a lot of sense. But that's really sad. That is sad. I never, like, would have thought. I don't. Maybe she does want to have kids, but I don't know. I I feel like she just. I think even if she did have a kid, her career would still be like. Obviously, I feel like her kid would be a big part of it. But, like, I feel like she's more so like focused on her career right now so i don't know like if she actually wants to have children yeah but it could have been you know it could have been an accident that's true that's true but we don't know but that again this is speculation this has never been confirmed this could be about like her grandparents but i don't think she would think so i don't think she would dive back into it especially after we got it doesn't it doesn't sound like it's it doesn't sound like it's about like like her grandparents it sounds like it, it's like i could either see her writing a song about okay so this is the one of two situations for me and I, none of her cats have died but i was like this is either gonna a song about one of her cats dying or it's a song about her having a miscarriage or it could be something else it maybe it could be someone who like she was really close with in joe's family that passed away <gasps> who knows do you know what a lot of people have also been speculating that it's about cory monteith who's that the guy from okay a lot of so there's also uh, theories around speak now era that taylor was like super cool there was like dating rumors between her and cory monteith the guy from glee oh. but they that was never confirmed and also a lot of people like like close reps th- close to taylor's team always just said that they were like really cool friends um and then i remember the day he died taylor tweeted out she said something along the lines of like beyond shocked or something hold on let me look it up because i remember she tweeted it the day of when was that this was it was speak now era oh he died during speak now not during speak now was already out because a lot of people thought that um mine was about him when did he die it's been a while hasn't it it has it's been a while um maybe that isn't about him though 2013 he died in 2013 um, but they were they've been seen like she said is. the day he died she tweeted speechless and for the worst reason and i mean they were cool they were spotted they were photographed together yada yada but i mean i think maybe like that could be about Corey if, if it's not about a miscarriage because i mean it seems like they were cool and they were spotted like outside of like of not outside of events but like I mean, other than like celebrity events like hanging out together and, and midnight is like also kind of like reflecting on past memories that are really sad for her like that Thir- might, the 13 sleepless nights and things like that that might be one of them because she did one of the other bonus tracks what it could have should have is about john mayer, john mayer. So, uh, allegedly 
Girl, it's uh, about John Mayer. Allegedly. And that's not alleged. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, but it is. But it is. Allegedly. Um, I think bigger than the whole sky. It's honestly, I think this is like one of her most like deeply personal and like like it's up there with Marjorie and like for me, it's like yeah. a really, really sad, yeah. deep song. It is up there with Marjorie. It's up there with Marjorie and Ronan. Oh yeah. Like it's really like what like who what? Who died, like yeah. what's going on? I think I think the most plausible theory and I think the most entertaining one is not entertaining as in like, you know, but the one that I'm entertaining um is definitely the Cory Monteith. I think it could definitely be about Cory Monteith. Maybe. Or maybe they were like talking and it just didn't work out because Cory Monteith also did get back with Leah Michelle. Maybe they um, were just like friends. And maybe she had feelings. I don't really know. That's, I don't really know. All I know is like, they definitely were cool. Yeah. Which is like sad. But, um, bigger than the whole sky. I give it a four to five. I give it a five out of five. I think it's one of her best songs. Paris. Amazing pop song. Amazing pop song. Four out of five. So cute. It's so cute. Five out of five. It's so cute. It is super cute. I love it. Oh, and the shade that she throws at the Cloth Sisters, talking (laughs) talking about how how bad their outfits looked and how her sister hooked up with uh, some Z lister she (laughs) while ago, allegedly. Allegedly, Um, but um, but she said she hooked up with that guy. Like we were in Paris. That's such a, it's such a cute little song. I really like it. Honey, the cloth shade. I was living for that. Oh yeah. I need more. Um, high infidelity. Ooh, high infidelity. You'll pick I like that one. I like that one too. That's four to five. A, that, that one's a grower for me. Yeah. It's four a grower. Five. Right now I'm giving it a three out of five. Cause I haven't really sat with the lyrics yeah. and like delved into it, but I'm giving it a three out of five right now. Yeah. Um, one of her best songs, Glitch. Glitch. I think there's been a glitch. Four and a half out of five. I give that a five. Out I of really five. like it. It's that's cute. a career highlight for me. She's not, there's not another Taylor song that's. It's like also glitch. produced the the guy who was the main producer on Lavender Haze. Karma also was the main producer on Glitch. And he ate down. He did eat. It's so good. She should work with him more. She should. He should be the main producer of her next album. No, dead ass because he he definitely did produce like the best songs on that album yes well it's so good. aaron desner produced one of the i'm not gonna say like there's some jack songs on here that are really good too but like when we're talking about like top five the other producers kind of ate that oh yeah ate down <laughs> uh would have could have should have aaron ate that five out of five aaron and taylor ate that that's a five out of five that's my favorite one off the album right now it is yeah that song is very very good and i'm just like she put that on there too because you know she's like that's another thing that's like oh she's definitely preparing to really speak now like soon too because she was definitely reflecting on a lot of those past memories from that time while she wrote this album oh yeah because she was she was re-recording yeah that's uh, this is like our theory i guess but i feel like she's like oh i'm not done talking about this i'm gonna keep talking about this John Mayer, prepare. Oh. December's it's gonna be bad for you. You're next. <laughs> <laughs> I um Yeah, dear that's reader, a five out of five. Dear reader, I I couldn't tell you. I, I need couldn't to tell you that one more. I do too. I've listened to it once. <laughs> I'm really excited for um the vinyl of the three AM edition. Me too. I think we're gonna get the C D soon. Oh, let's talk about all the I was like, I need to talk about the records she broke. She broke the 24-hour most streamed Spotify album. She also broke the Amazon record with that. Yep. She broke the most streamed pop album on Amazon Music in 24 hours. Yep. She occupies the entire top 10 of Spotify and Apple Music and Amazon Music. Um, She sold a million pure copies of her album in three days. Yep. Um, Antihero's about to go number one. Yeah. She's probably going to occupy the entire top 10 of Billboard. Never been done before. Yeah. By a single artist in history. Nope. 10th album. 10th album. Is it 16? At this point, it's 16. Yeah, it's 16. 16 years into her career and she's pulling numbers like this. That's insane. That's insane. As a woman in the industry. Because she was like, she was like, uh, when she was on Fallon, because we watched that, she was like, she was like, man, I'm just, she said, I'm just happy to be here because they push pop stars out to pasture at age 25, which is so true. So true. Because so many of her peers, like, 
even like this is no shade to like anyone else but obviously like none of her peers except maybe with the exception of rihanna we'll have to see how like her new music does yeah but like none of her peers are like at that level still that they were back in the 2010s no like beyonce beyonce's still making hits i mean renaissance is doing really good oh yeah but Beyonce, I don't, Beyonce's not Taylor's, because Beyonce debuted, like, all the way back in the 90s, so, like, she's not even, like, that's not Taylor's, that's not one of her peers. I'm talking people like Rihanna, Katy Perry, Lady Gaga. Adele. Adele. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. People like that, that debuted around, like, the early 2010s, like, late, to early 2000s era. Yeah. Those Lana. are her peers. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's really insane. But another thing about Taylor too, though, and one of the reasons why I do think that she's lasted this long is like no other like main pop girl has really been able to like connect with her fans in such a way to keep like people interested. Yeah. And her album rollout. Yeah. Because she always does things to like make the fans like interested and she always does like basically whatever her fans want. So like whatever she puts out, like her fans are going to eat up, which is why she's still so relevant. That too, and she writes really good lyrics and makes really catchy albums. And overall, I think this entire album, I think a lot of people who became Swifties or not even Swifties, just Taylor fans and Taylor watchers in general during Folklore Nevermore were disappointed because they wanted a Folklore Nevermore Part Three. They wanted their Woodvale or whatever the oh, f- the, that theory was. They wanted her to stay in this sort of indie sort of place. And I mean, she already said after Evermore, she was like, "Yeah, I'm done with that." Yeah. And, and I, I think she, I think Folklore and Evermore are so special because it's the two most like unique things in her entire discography. And I true. think a lot of people want that. They just want it. But it's like, if she kept doing it, it wouldn't be it would special. Get, it would get tiring. Too. It would. And as well, like, I think she had so much fun making those two records and it was so different for her career. And she really put a stamp, like a staple and a stamp and, every sort of like indie person's mind as like yeah i can do this and i think it was good for her to like take a step out of like that indie like folk world and take a step back into pop music just because like folk if you want to if you're a swifty or like just a fan of taylor swift and you want to listen to like really sad taylor swift songs like literally just stream red in folklore in evermore tv and you'll be sitting listening to sad songs for five or six hours straight yeah so like I don't know, like, people who complain about there not being enough, like, really sad songs in this album. Anyways, bye. Like, yeah, we need it. Like, I feel like she needed to do this. She did. And I think as well, it's a good break. And it's a good sort of, like, wink at this OG Swifties who, like, I mean, remember Red to 1989? Yeah. I mean, come on. And I think it's one of the reasons, too, why, like, this, this pop album in particular is, like, such a big, like not it's not like a like obviously she never went away and like you know the music that she has been putting out has still been really successful but i think the fact that she took such a long break from like just making pop music made people really want to hear like pop taylor again yeah which is why this album is breaking a crazy amount of records that no other like i thought this album would have broken like the 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 most streamed like female album in 24 hours i was like oh we got that locked because she broke that with red tv and folklore i was like she's coming for that but when i saw that she broke like the all-time record i was like oh like people have been dying this is, for it this is another peak era oh yeah and i think folklore nevermore as much as like folklore had a lot of gp appeal but i think i just think because it was so different and i think she really pushed folklore for like a week and i think as she well, pushed folklore for a while though because she did i mean she didn't really do a lot of like interviews or like performances for it but she did she did do a lot of those folklore signed cds and she got she kept folklore at number one for like eight weeks yes but in terms of like what we're getting from midnight versus what we got for folklore nevermore i know i know it's not i know it's not just gonna be like one week of promo like her last couple albums were like she's gonna drag this out for a while oh yeah like next week i don't know what's coming next week but i definitely know that we're getting more promo next week and i'm Mm -hmm. really excited to see what she's doing next week and for like the next month too because i i'm pretty sure like the american music awards are coming up too i think she's gonna attend that i think as well maybe she'll perform maybe i hope that would be cool i don't know i just think that like just kind of like piggybacking off of that earlier thought of like i just it 
it doesn't upset me, but it makes me think like, why do you want her to stay in one box when I see people on Twitter or TikTok being like, this is so bad. Like, what is this? Like, where's folklore? Where's the evermore? Like, da da da. And then people, of course, come out of the woodworks because they did the same thing to her when 1989 came out and this whole she doesn't write her songs allegations came out because she went to pop again. Yeah. And now people are saying that, oh, Jack and Aaron Desner really carried all of folklore and evermore. They wrote that, da 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 da. Which is so not true because, like, even on Reputation, she doesn't have, like, a single soul writing credit on Reputation either. But like with Taylor, like she can write like 90 or like 95% of a song. But if someone contributes like one word to the song, she'll give them a songwriting credit. Yes. So, and I mean, that's how it, how it is with every artist, obviously, which is why you see like rappers too. Cause this is the bar with me coming out. Cause Nicki Minaj does write her raps, but she also does like, if you look at her songwriting credits, she has a lot of songwriting credits on her albums, but that also goes into like, pe- like people who worked on it. Like some producers require them to like, have a writing credit because yeah. they make more royalties off the yeah. song that way and also like even if they just contribute like one word or maybe just the hook to the song they also get a songwriting credit that it, it's a lot more complicated than people think so that's just really annoying especially coming from folklore in evermore where like almost all the songs are like she solely wrote those songs like yeah. how can you say that she didn't write these songs and when you look at i'm sure she'll have in her documentary or whatever she put, decides to put out because i'm sure she's gonna have like some she's gonna put out some like behind the scenes makings of midnights eventually like she did for reputation and her other past albums but whenever she records and like you can tell like like when the lyrics come to her and she just starts singing it like she's still even when she is doing pop she still writes her lyrics oh yeah and i mean even like the 1989 voice memos hello oh, yeah like it's just it's annoying to see that it's like ugh, it's like shut up those allegations are so dead and done and she usually comes up with the melody to her songs too yes most of the in time. the middle of the night oh yeah like two in the morning <laughs> um what was one thing that you really loved about this album rollout and what's thing what's one thing that you really didn't like about this album rollout i mean i really love all the things that we've been getting this week yeah um the only thing i didn't really like was when she was like announcing the track names like with that little rolly thing that was a little bit boring to me like it was like we would get one track title and i know that one night she was doing all of them but even then that was still a little bit boring because i was just like ugh like i get it like we're getting the song names but it was just like literally like that was all we were getting and it was just yeah. it was very boring like i was like oh i can't wait to see what the this track title is called and then after we got the track title it was it was just like oh that's that's it <laughs> like it was just like very like it was basically just like pre-orders and track titles girl it was like like it was literally just like she was like i know y'all haven't heard a single lyric from this album or like anything like not a single note but just buy it <laughs> like we could at least have gotten like something along the lines of like oh my god okay yada 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 lavender haze produced by you know and then that would have been like ooh, what's this gonna sound right. like swifties would have been able to go to whoever all those songs that he produced on this album oh it's gonna sound ooh, there's that would have been more fun to kind right. of get the engagement going or something like you know i still think she was gonna release a single the the week the queen died but she didn't um yeah i still think so because maybe. even unholy had to go and they maybe- had to postpone it because they whenever the queen died like all uk radio just stopped and I think that would have affected her sales. And maybe like the week later, like when she could have dropped it, she was like, it was like two weeks before the album was coming out anyway. So she was like, I'm just going to drop it with the album. That's true. Because I think that anti-hero music video was ready to go. I mean, at first, though, I thought she was only just she was waiting because I was like 13 songs. That's not like a, a whole lot of songs. So I was like, maybe she's going to she's waiting to drop the and just drop the single with the entire album. Just because like knowing taylor like she does like she's not in your face about it like some other artists are who always like post their stats and stuff but she definitely does care about like charts and her chart position yes and so like i was like maybe that's why because she it's just 13 songs so like obviously people are just going to go automatically and play each and every song including like the lead single just to increase like her streams and stuff but after she dropped that deluxe version i was like she had seven more songs in the stash and she didn't release the lead single yeah that was very confusing to me too and i love that like we got seven more songs and i think a lot of the people who were looking for that sort of folklore evermore lyrical writing style or like that approach that she got like that she had for those two albums i think we got it in songs like bigger than the whole sky woulda coulda shoulda oh yeah even on glitch 
Like, I mean, a lot of people who were who were like big fans of those albums after they listened to the bonus tracks, they were like, okay, this saved the album for me. Even yeah. though I was like, even before I listened, to it, I was like, the album was still good. Y'all are just haters. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I think y'all like, don't like catchy pop music. Just say that. <laughs> just say that. <laughs> it's catchy pop music. And that's one thing Taylor's gonna always like. I feel like bring to the forefront. Oh yeah. No matter what, even on Long Story Short, that's a catchy pop record. Oh yeah. Like hello, but I definitely I. Yeah, I I disliked the uh, Midnight's Mayhem with me. I wasn't really excited for it. Like, I wasn't either. The first two that we got, I was like, oh my god, yay. But after that, I was like, wow, we have a track title. Like, that's, like I would have much rather waited until the... I would have much rather her have been just radio silent about it. And, and just then, revealed all the tracks at once. Yes. Because <laughs> I was just like... Uh, I was just like so fatigued with it to me like I was was. just kind of like okay and especially because like she saved the Lana collab for the last one which was so cool yeah but a lot of people were excited about that too they were but to reveal that at the last and then she doesn't even have a verse yeah but I don't know act like it's like no body no crime though because she did do a lot on it she did do a lot on it you really hate that song I don't I don't hate nobody, no crime, but like, it's not like she just had, she just breathed on the song like the Heim sisters. That's true. He did it. And she said, thanks guys. You're good. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this was, it was great. It was great. I, um, I loved the extra seven songs. I did. Too. I loved that surprise job. I think that was great. I, I don't, I didn't want a double album. I didn't I did either. it. And I didn't think she was going to do a double album. I didn't album. think so either. I, didn't, I wasn't expecting to even get more songs. I thought it was maybe going to be something else. I, I don't, Same. I thought it was going to be something completely else. But when I saw that we were getting more songs, I was like, oh, okay. I was excited. I was like, whoa. Because no, when she dropped that, I was like, oh. I was like, because I know my queen and I know... <laughs> I know she cares about them them charts. So them charts. Like, so I was like, oh, so we're we're really We're coming, feasting. We're coming for records. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. But one thing I loved about the album rollout is I loved the vinyls. I really oh, loved the yeah. vinyls. They're I think really she pretty. took time and was really like, let me do this. My- I love the booklet. I love the gatefold. I love the vinyl colors. Even though the mahogany one looks like um, pee, but still I still really bit like it. Though. Huh? That's my only criticism is they're still a little bit lightweight. They are. They're better than Folklore and Evermore, but only by a little bit when it comes That's to like true. sound quality. So what is your song of the week? Um, My song of the week is Midnight Rain. Like that is my off of midnights yeah when i first heard it on the album like it what like i said it was a jump scare and then i went into my room later that night and listened to it with my headphones in and i was like (laughs) i was like this is really good and like i just kept listening to it and now it's like it's my favorite right now yeah so i would say that's my song of the week what's yours mine is gonna be glitch i think there's been a glitch i love glitch (laughs) i love glitch i love that song all right, well, this was our Midnight's review and ranking. Um, we're probably going to be talking about Midnight's for the next couple weeks. Yeah, definitely, like, next podcast, I probably will we'll probably bring it up again just because things will change by then because we'll listen to it more. And as well as I think we're going to be, we're going to keep getting fed. Yeah, I think more stuff is definitely coming next week because we still don't have the Lavender Hayes music video yet either. So We do not. We know that's coming, and we don't know if it's coming next week maybe i think it might come next week though because she might because she might do that but yeah love this episode love talking about it it's probably gonna be one of our more entertaining episodes i think too i think as well i think a lot of people are gonna be able to jazz with it yeah all right well we will see y'all next week stream midnights bite if you can bite if you can Bye. bye